This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I have joining me in the studio, we have Moha Ben-Sophia. Moha, welcome to the show, man. It's so good to be here, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, Moha, I'd like to start out the podcast with like getting to know my guests a little bit better. Maybe sort of explain to my listeners a little bit about your story and how you like became so fascinated into, I guess, like health optimization and yeah, just tell us your journey. Well, well, thank you. So I, it all, well, I'm from Costa Rica, right? So it's, um, I was a, an athlete and I've always been one of those people that's just always been kind of like a huge fuck up. So I've always had like a lot of stuff going for me and I've just, I've, I've always been very reckless. Like I don't really, um, have a good perception of what danger is and stuff. I'm, I'm that guy that would just get himself in trouble. So that led me to, to being a good athlete, but also having an overdose when I was 16 and stuff. So it was always like one of those lives where it's just like, it's a lot of, you know, driving really fast and no breaks. And, uh, and eventually life took me in, uh, but I've, I've always trained. I've always been in good shape. I've always, um, you know, I've always taken care of myself, but I've also been very compulsive. I like to eat a lot and I, I fast and I've been doing it for a very, very, very long time. I only eat at night. And for me, it's just common sense. That'll keep me from ballooning and becoming very fat, obviously, because I can only do so much damage within a small range. And, you know, I, 
I have the gift of common sense. I have the curse of stupidity, but I have the gift of common sense and I balanced them. And um, yeah, and uh, as I got a little bit older and as I ended up in, uh, in Sweden, which we can go into uh, how I ended up in Sweden, because I think that's probably the most interesting part of my story. I was in Libya and I ended up in Sweden. I ended up getting more and more um, kind of like scientific about, you know, about how the body works and how health works and how I, um, you know, how I can live the happiest, most satisfying life without causing damage to myself. And that kind of became kind of my philosophy of life is just enjoying as much as possible, not restricting anything and going, still having that, you know, all out mentality, but without completely destroying myself. And, you know, in Sweden, I got to, you know, I've been an owner of one of the, you know, the biggest blood testing company and all sorts of stuff. So I got to firsthand really test things on myself and, uh, and become a very avid, you know, biohacker, you know, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of similarities between between each other. We're like very practical, like to experiment, love to research, love to trial different things. And it sort of sounds like um, you've been exposed to so much. You've been delving into so many different industries as well. So maybe do you want to sort of share a little bit about that transition from you said from Libya to Sweden? Talk to us about that. Yeah. So I, I've always been, so I, I'll, I'll start even before that. So I've always been, so I've got ADHD and I've always been a very mediocre student. I'm not a big reader. I don't enjoy reading unless it's like, like something sports related, for example, or, or something that I'm very interested in. Uh, now I read things that relate to my work and things that I care about, obviously, but I'm not a big reader. Like I wouldn't sit down and read a novel. Uh, and uh, that's just not who I am. And uh, so shit high school student went to college, very mediocre. Um, I actually, I believe in absolute transparency. So there's going to be a lot of overly transparent, unnecessary things that I'll say. But I remember in, when I was in college, I had a, a few friends of mine do most of the work for me. I was just that guy that coasted, basically. I just didn't do much. I didn't care. Um, but there were things that I always did care about, like, right, like, like training. It's just one of those things where you just knew instinctively that you had to lift something every day and you have to train every day and you have to whatever, go do some pull-ups and, you know, and, um, and some other things didn't come to me as naturally. I've never been great at math. I've never been an early adopter. I'm more like, kind of like a caveman, very like jungle, jungle man kind of thing to, to stick with the Costa Rica theme. Um, but in 2010, around 2010, me and my Swedish partner at the time, we had a startup and we were raising money for it in Costa Rica. And uh, what happened was that we were looking for somebody to finance this project. We needed money and we were looking at, you know, where do you get money? And obviously, if you're trying to raise money, you need to see who you know with money. Uh, because we weren't going to get money from a bank. We weren't going to get money from, from VCs. I don't think we even knew what the word VC meant at that point. Or, and then what we did is I started reaching out to people that I know. And I realized that I had a contact in Libya that could have, you know, that could have facilitated the money. So I ended up in late 2010 going to Libya for a strictly commercial transaction. And that's when the Arab Spring started, like soon after while I was 
you know, I thought it was going to be a quick money grab. I was going to go in and out and get the money. And uh, that turned into, uh, you know, quite the situation. Tunisia happened, Egypt happened, and then Libya goes, you know, goes into the civil war. And I ended up staying there because I am stupid and I, I have the curse of too much conviction. So when I was there, it was this thing about freedom and all this. And long story short is I ended up staying there for four years. I accidentally became um, kind of like the voice of women's rights, which is kind of like even hilarious sometimes to say because it just happened. It was just a common sense thing. Like when they're saying we're going to separate little boys and little girls, you would do the same thing. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? You know, yeah. that's, that's, that's how you make terrorists. So it's really like that. I never really did anything super grandiose. I did do some stupid things. I would have like live events and stuff uh, where I would congregate people, which was probably in hindsight dangerous. But long story short, that led to me getting a handwritten note from ISIS saying I was going to get beheaded. Uh, this was actually on, uh, in the biggest Swedish paper. Uh, and I happened to be great friends uh, and have Swedish family. And uh, I happened to send this message to my Swedish family, which includes the CEO of Spotify, Daniel Ek. And he actually, uh, him and his wife helped get me out of, uh, out, of, out of Libya and into Sweden. And that's how my journey happened, basically. I was you know, trying to leave Libya with my head still on my shoulders. And I landed in kind of like the land of opportunity, this, this place where there's all these engineers building all these companies, right? And, uh, and my buddy happens to have been, you know, the guy that founded Spotify. So it's like, and that's how my career started. Um, yeah. And, but even before that, I was all very into fighting, very into training, very into like very physical things. Um, but I remember landing in Sweden and, you know, Daniel literally downloading a bunch of apps like Uber, Instagram. I didn't have any of these things. I didn't know how they worked. I've been like a thousand years behind. And uh, which is funny that I became like a tech guy, right? Because I'm not a tech guy. I can't write code. And, you know, I'm just a Costa Rican guy in Sweden. Crazy, man. Um, it's just every time I've heard that story, like now twice and just hearing about like the, the transition there and then getting involved in that, the health tech space, that's sort of what I'd really love to discuss with you today. And that's like, um, so what was it about this, you know, this idea that you found out about in Sweden? Tell us about the evolution of Mendy and why you were so interested in um, becoming a, you know, a face of the, of the brand as well. Well, when I got, when I came to Sweden, my first job was with a phishing app. And at that point, I was absolutely broke. This is late 2014. I'm completely broke. I need to pay rent. I need to eat. So I would have done, like, I would have worked at any job, right? Obviously, like, you're trying to pay the bills. You don't really get to pick and choose. But then after that, and I did a couple of other projects, and I had a couple of exits, then it became I wanted to get involved with, you know, just things that I really care about or, you know, teams that I really want to be involved in. And that's how I got involved, for example, with like blood testing company like Wear Labs. And then you would realize, you know, if people understood the damage they're doing to their bodies, they could avoid becoming diabetics, for example, uh, and things like that. And, and I'm involved with, I kind of got deeper and deeper in that health space, even though I invest very agnostically. I, I invest, a, I'm an angel investor across the board. 
And my introduction to Mendy was because in that time and this ISIS thing and war and all that in Libya, I got some really bad PTSD and I was drinking a lot. I was drinking very, very heavily. And I still, you know, I still drink, but obviously it's, it's a lot more uh, controlled, even though I do have a tequila room, which is fairly infamous um, in Stockholm. But bottom line, what happened was that because of my PTSD and because I, I was having nightmares every night, like I would constantly have nightmares. I would hear a noise in the middle of the night. I'd wake up. I'm assuming they're coming for me. And um, when I was in Fishbrain, I'd met a guy at an afterwork who added me on Facebook Messenger. He just added me on Facebook. And about five years later, this guy starts reaching out to me. His name is Sammy, and he's one of the two founders of Mendy. Uh, and this is Mendy. It's basically neurofeedback. And this guy uh, comes up to me. Well, he keeps messaging me, and he goes, I've got this thing I need to show you. I've got this amazing thing I need to show you. I eventually went and I said to him, look, man, I'm at WeWork. You've got 15 minutes. I went to see another one of my companies and this guy comes up. He brings me an older prototype of, of this. And he's like, well, this is a thing called neurofeedback and this will fix your depression and your ADHD and your PTSD and it's going to fix your anxiety and it's going to help you focus and it's going to eliminate migraines. It's going to help you with addictions. And he basically mentions a bunch of things that had been an issue for me in my own life. And I was like, that really sounds like snake oil. But if 10% of what you're saying is not bullshit, this is definitely interesting. And I remember I got, I got it and I put it on and it's a measurement tool with NEARS that measures oxygenated blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. And we can get more into it. But basically at that point, I've never heard about neurofeedback. I know nothing about neuroscience. I was a failed high school student. So I didn't Science wasn't something I was really, I cared about too much, especially not neuroscience. And, uh, but I did it and it was interesting. And you're trying to control this signal and I'm trying to focus and I was failing at it. And I said to him, okay, there's hardware here. I know this is expensive. There's software. You've built a game. You've done all these things. Who has bankrolled this? Because you could tell that he didn't have a dime to his name, right? He's probably going to watch this and he'll be pissed <laughs> I uh, But when I said that to him, he goes, well, it's all been bankrolled with soft money from the EU and from the Swedish Innovation Agency. And from so for me, common sense was the due diligence is done. I'm not going to start digging through paperwork and all this stuff. And I invested right then and there. But within about three weeks, everybody was telling me that I was nicer and I was more positive and I was like less aggressive. And I was just like, Oh my shit, how bad was I? Should I be offended? I, the turning point for me actually was when I had a, an ex-girlfriend that I'd had a, a fairly bad breakup with. And she literally said to me like, who are you? You're just a lot nicer. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I should be offended, but you're the 10th person that said this to me in the last few days. And uh, at that point, I started noticing everything, and it literally helped me control my mood and stuff. And uh, if we go into the science, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, well, I'd love to. First of all, it's incredible stuff with the um, with the device itself. We'll get into the technicalities sh shortly, but I guess maybe we can look at like what was the original intention and the purpose for the device being built in the first place. Was it? to specifically address ADHD or is it to um, assist with other domains of mental health? Well, 
bottom line is the two founders had had issues themselves that had led them to neurofeedback to neurofeedback clinics, right? Yep. And one of the founders actually was so obsessed with it because he had so many issues himself and he's like an incredibly anxious person. Like he's literally, I don't know if you've seen somebody that is anxious on this level where it's just like his world is just disastrous. It's literally like a scared mouse in a storm always. So he had to, to find a way to basically help himself. And he went through meditation. He went through all these journeys and he just kept pushing higher and higher and higher. And then he started going to this neurofeedback clinic and he started going to the US and getting all these treatments. And then eventually he ended up buying the damn machines, which cost like tens of thousands of dollars or whatever. And he started using them and he would start, he's one of those people that would start reaching out to all the experts and asking them because it helped him so much with his own issues. And he knew that people were having their own issues. Like there's, there's so many people out there saying that their ADHD has improved, that their sleep has improved, that their focus has improved. So he becomes completely obsessed with it. He ends up setting up his own clinic. The other guy, Rickard, both Swedish engineers, actually ended up at his clinic because he came in for a consultation because he was having, you know, migraines or whatever he was, he was dealing with. And um, I don't remember exactly what it was that he was there for. And then the guy spoke and one of them happened to be an expert that builds things. And it was an expert like in light technology that was building all these things for like Apple and Samsung, and, like all these touch screens and all these things. So it just became this marriage. But what they wanted to do was they wanted to make the neurofeedback clinics accessible to the average person because it's very expensive. You have to go, you have to get like 20, 30 sessions at like a hundred dollars each. The average person can't afford that. It's, you know, the average person would consider that a luxury. So what they were thinking is how can we make it so that everybody has access to it? And I just slipped on a banana peel and landed on them with a little bit of money in my pocket because I had scaled, you know, the, you know, a phishing app and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, awesome. And that's how I got involved. So I, I deserve zero credit for anything Mendy related, to be honest. Yeah. Well, um, with, with the device itself, I'd love to sort of learn about like the evolution of like whether or not it's gone through different um, versions. Like when you first came across it, you know, from day one, like, is it still the same product today or how has that evolved? Oh, it went through so many things because, for example, like some of the mishaps that they had on the hardware side was that it wouldn't read some different, uh, like different sizes of heads. Like some people like, you know, because it's very hard to get a one size fits all thing. Um, as a matter of fact, they at first, the first versions, uh, because they had tested them on mostly on Swedes, then they realized that darker skins it didn't work for. Uh, and one of my closest friends and one of the he's the like one of the he's probably the second investor in Mendy after me is a guy named Didier who is from Congo and he's like got very very dark skin so it's it was hilarious we used to joke all the time because he was the second investor but he couldn't use it because he was too dark for the thing to work right so there was a lot of iterations that they had to do that Rickard had to do to get to a product that would do its job you know, without any interference, without any noise, because it has to go through your skull. It has to read the oxygenated blood flow, like light. There's so many variables, right? Um, and it's just, it's just, I'm just very happy that these guys, you know, built an incredible product. The first version that I got 
was there's been probably four iterations after that, but that's the one that I saw my initial and very dramatic improvements with. Um, right. It's only gotten better from there. So maybe yeah. I guess, so we'll sort of discuss like the actual application itself and like, what is it actually, what, what is involved in a typical session with Mendy? What does that, what does that look like? Right. So basically it's just neurofeedback. It's no different than training your, your body. I know you just went through the gym, right? You just did a session. Uh, I don't know if you did it today, but yesterday we talked, you did like a, a full session. I saw that on your Instagram and uh, you know, to give you like an example, like if you see like an old person with like, or somebody that doesn't train and they've got like a kind of like a soggy, like tricep, what, yeah. what happens if that person starts training that muscle, right? It's going to become more useful, right? It's going to become stronger. It's going to, it's no different with the brain. So basically the concept here is brain training. It's not about bells and whistles and different colors and stuff. It's a very basic thing. You know, I've been bench pressing since I was 14, you know, I've, th that's over three, you know, that's almost three decades, right? Of bench pressing. So it's just like, there's some things that are just good for you, like that you should keep doing. And basically what Mendy does is it teaches you through training how to control your focus. And when you control your focus, that overlaps into a lot of other things. When you learn how to control your PFC, which is your prefrontal cortex, that not only makes you be more on top of your, your mood, your emotional regulation. So yes, if you're you know, if your girlfriend doesn't answer a text message instead of getting pissed, you know, you'll just be okay with it because you have more control over your, you know, your neural activity over your brain. So you're training your brain and we can go into neuroplasticity and all these things, but I'm just going to give you kind of like a, a very high level description of what you're doing. But what you're doing is you're teaching yourself to control your brain so that you are able to get rid of you know, the emotions that you don't want so that you have the resilience in order to override the amygdala, which tells you, you know what, I'm going to have all three bottles of tequila as opposed to just one glass, you know, and that self-control is everything that really overlaps into everything. Right. Um, so yeah, we can go into specific cases. We can talk about things like ADHD. We can talk about whatever, but, but bottom line, it's, it's, you're just learning to have more control over your brain. Yeah, and I can see, I can totally see how that can have a, a massive ripple effect on various aspects of your lifestyle for high performers, people that are working in corporate spaces, or even athletes, you know, needing to be really focused and dialed in for competitions. Like, I mean, I I used to play professional soccer and I was experimenting with a range of different like supplements and things. And I played around with like L-theanine, which is, you know, very basic nootropic. And I noticed like, that by keeping me calmer was improving my performance on the soccer field because I was better able to make like decisions. I was able to make better able to read the play because I wasn't so like paranoid and stressed. So I can see obviously like how brain training in a sense, this neurofeedback technology through Mendy can really help to improve various aspects of you know our life. Um, so maybe do you want to sort of touch on like the ADHD? Yeah. Well, you, you perform better under pressure, right? I mean, like, uh, you know, so, so the UFC, uh, UFC fighters use Mendy. So the, the, the people at the PI, they, they you know, uh, because obviously controlling your focus, that can be the difference between, you know, winning and getting severely injured, you know, and they can, 
you know, they also play around with like training windows and stuff. It's fantastic the work that they do, but also uh, Formula One drivers, uh, you know, so that's something that, you know, it's, it's about reaction time. It's about being sharp. It's about being on top of things. I could say, you know, let's forget about the Formula One drivers for a second. Let's talk about a bus driver. You know, a bus driver that's more focused can save a lot of lives. So uh, NASA, for example, uses it on, um, on pilots and astronauts, and they make them do these super tedious tasks. Like, for example, they fly a drone in a square. It's like, so they have to, you know, they have to drive, they have to fly a drone in a straight line and then another straight line and they make a square and they do it over and over. And obviously as time passes, they're gonna get, you know, you're gonna start becoming a little less precise with it. And it's about how do you make sure that after a certain amount of time, you're still holding it in there. Uh, obviously, which would influence you if you have to do drills or if you have to shoot a free throw under pressure, et cetera. As far as ADHD, um, it's a huge one. It's a huge one. and I'd. Um, the, the, the amount of testimonials out there. And, uh, and again, this is something I'm not anti-pharma, anti-big pharma. Uh, I'm not super, a super advocate for, for pharma. So I, uh, but I will tell you that our business model does not involve milking every dime that we can get out of people. So um, what we do is we have a device that we give you that we expect you to use for the rest of your life and for your whole family to use. And when there's, there's another iteration, I will figure out a way to be able to get it to those people without them having to pay or to pay a lot at least. Um, because I truly believe that everybody should hack, have access to this, right? Um, ADHD is a, is a tough one. I have ADHD myself. Um, and the ability to focus for me and to just sit still uh, and to hold a conversation and not, you know, have the person that you're dating be upset because you're not completely present. Like to me, it's been life changing. Um, but it's uh, the, the problem is that we live in a society where we just throw pills at everything. Right. Uh, and people are just hooked on pills and that they don't need. And uh, and that's that's kind of like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the effects on ADHD are, are it's, it's incredible. And there's going to be some studies that we're very, very excited. We can't wait that are going to be coming out very soon. Um, I'm heading to the Stanford Research Lab right after this to, to talk to, to, you know, to real neuroscientists. And to me, it's just so exciting because uh, the science is there. It's not, you know, by this, it's going to fix your ADHD. You're not going to be depressed anymore. It's, no, this is a tool that actually does help. It can help if you use it. It's kind of like if you have a treadmill and you don't use it, it's not going to help you. Buying mm. a treadmill is not going to get you in shape. Yeah, so, I'd love to. I'd love to learn more about like because um, I've met a number of highly successful individuals like yourself who say they have they've had ADHD their whole life. Um, Moha, I want to hear about like how do you think you've utilized ADHD to your advantage? throughout your life? Well, I've, I've kind of hacked life because I, um, even as a CEO of Mendy, I, I don't really have to do a lot of the CEO work, which I'm just, 
you know, I'm, I'm a highly incompetent person at a lot of things. And I believe that we should really play to our strengths. I have very little interest in becoming well-rounded. So I really have no interest in sitting down and learning how to use Excel. So I've, I've kind of simplified things for myself so that, you know, those power bars that I have are really magnified. And I'm not just a very mediocre person at those things that I suck at. I'd rather be the worst than be, you know, second to last in most things. Uh, but my ADHD has actually, it's, it's, it's given me this obsessive drive for some things, even though it, it distracts me a lot with other things. And uh, yeah, and, and I think it's really played to my advantage to have it. And now the fact that I can control that superpower to me is just, it's everything, right? Uh, I, you know how committed I am to this, to this mission, right? I don't do this for money. I don't, um, but it's, um, I think ADHD is a, is a very positive thing. We put this negative connotation on all these things and we just put these labels on people. And, uh, you know, I'm, it, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's one of the things that makes me valuable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, um, I'd love to take a leaf out of your book. I mean, I'm as a, as a fellow entrepreneur and like starting my own brand and, and company, like, yeah, many times I find myself like wearing many hats at once. Like I'm the guy in the spreadsheets, I'm responding to emails, I'm uploading videos, I'm doing the thumbnails and stuff like that. But, um, I really need to also learn how to delegate as much as possible so that I can spend the time on the things that I'm really good at, which is like ingredient discovery, novel research, releasing new exotic um, products to market. Um, so I definitely need to take a leaf out of your book. There. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I love your content. And I love the stuff that you do. And imagine if you were concentrating a hundred percent of your time and your energy into these things that make you so unique. And then you could just delegate all this, you know, you're talking about spreadsheets or whatever it is that you could probably get somebody to do them just as good, you know, just as well or better than you. And then mm -hmm. you could, I mean, you, that, that would enable you to grow what you're doing 20 fold very quickly. So I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a work in progress. So with, with the Mendy side of things, um, take us through like what a typical, session duration looks like and what is it like a game walk us through that have you have you tried it have you done a session? Uh, it's it's still sitting on my the, you, just my, you just got it you haven't done it okay yeah. i'd love i'd love for you to to film a reaction of you using it so basically so we develop games that you use to train so they're training games so that you can uh, but the first thing that you're going to find is you're going to get in, you're going to get, have some information, uh, some explanations about what neurofeedback is, exactly what you're doing, a little bit about the technology. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to perform a very simple but exhausting task that is going to test your, your, you know, your ability to focus. And what you're going to do is, for example, to lift a ball and to sustain it for as long as you can. Now, this will have a trickle effect, trickle down effect on a lot of other things. But basically what you're going to do is you're going to put this device on, which is a FNIRS device, which is functional near infrared spectroscopy. And when you put it on, you're going to 
it has these light sensors that are going to be reading the oxygenated blood flow that you recruit to your prefrontal cortex, and you're going to start playing this game. And as you get better at this game, what's going to happen is that you're going to start feeling better. You're going to start getting better at other things. So that's how you're going to see improvements. For example, something that I, um, that I learned very early on is that I needed to be talking to users. And one of the things that I find a lot when I'm talking to parents uh, is parents saying to me, yeah, my, you know, my 15, my 16, my 17 year old, you know, was having panic attacks and Mendy just, you know, makes that so much better. So it's, uh, it's basically as you get better, as you train with consistency, you're going to realize that a lot of things become better, whether they be something specific like panic attacks or fighting off, you know, the, you know, the onset of, a, you know, a, a disease that, that could lie ahead, like Alzheimer's, for example, basically training your brain is what's going to help you avoid all these, this deterioration in your brain. So it's, so uh, are they like 20 minute, like 20 minute sessions, like three times a week? Is that typically... Yeah. So, so what you want to do is you want to do it every day. Uh, it doesn't have to be every day. You could start with three times a week. I, what, what is recommended is 10 minute sessions, 10 to 15 minute sessions. I do them every day. Um, I many times do shorter sessions. I'll do a five minute session, but sometimes that's what I do at the gym as well. You do a, you know, a faster workout, a quicker workout. Uh, it still gets the job done. Um, but basically what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to train yourself and over time, your average is going to be better, which is going to improve your cognitive abilities and is going to help you with a lot of these issues, whether it be sleep or whatever. Um, and um, there's a couple of very, very interesting um, studies that once they're, once they're published, I don't know exactly what they're going to say. I'd love to send them to you. And uh, I know how you, you do everything with transparency and, you know, with, with a moral compass where you and I really see eye to eye. So I'll send them to you and you can just, uh, yeah, we, we can talk about them or you can talk about them. And uh, I, yeah. I really believe that the reason why everybody is not doing this and people are not using neurofeedback, and this is very different to a lot of the, the versions of neurofeedback that are out there. A lot of it is through EEG which is good and is valuable. And I, by the way, I never shit on any other company. Uh, I think that everybody is doing their best to, to help people. And there is a value in everything that everybody is building as long as they're, they're, the intentions are there to help, right? And it's not just some, some bullshit, some scam. But what we do, it has to do, it's a very active form of training. You, it's not something that you just put on and it tracks or it's not just something that you put on and you go to sleep or it's something that you put on. And this is something where you have to do the work. So I would say the closest thing to Mendy would be a dumbbell or a kettlebell, right? Like to me, so that's, but for your brain. And that's a very unique part of it. You know, you're building strength in your brain. You're not just yeah. calming your brain or regulating brain waves. Yeah. I mean, I can see how like somebody who recently adopted the practice of let's say like, daily meditation they might want to like consider adding this into their routine or potentially swapping out their daily meditation for a, a session of mendy like i can see how that can be highly advantageous 
there, there's yeah i mean so meditation is great like everybody knows that meditation is a positive thing right mm. but the problem my issue with meditation is that i i never got into meditation i've never been a like i've never been about meditation um but for me it was just a little too fluffy and you couldn't really control it maybe it's because i'm so incompetent my little costa rican jaguar brain just doesn't uh you know it doesn't function the way that it should, uh, or as well as people that are able to master it. But for me, it's when you can visualize something, when things have a score, that keeps me on the right track. So for me, meditating without Mendy, for example, would be like running on a treadmill that where you don't know how fast you're running. So I don't know if I'm running at six or if I'm running at 15, you know, so how can I really get better if I don't know that, um, that's my, you know, that's my issue with it. It's like, if I'm bench pressing and I've got a bar and you know, the plates don't have numbers on them. And I don't know if I'm bench pressing hundred pounds or 200 pounds or 300 pounds. I can't bench press 300 pounds. I, I wish I could. Um, but, um, so for me, that's what it is, right? It's, it's basically just the fact that you can visualize things just makes it so much more tangible and it makes the progress and the improvement be so much more um, easy to track. Yeah, I can see how that can be um, highly beneficial for individuals that are like very competitive, right? Like it's uh, like I've been a highly competitive person across every domain. Um, So I can see how that can be beneficial for those who love like competitions. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the thing with Mendy is that we shouldn't get caught up in comparing our scores to the other person's scores. So if me and my, you know, my partner, whoever, you know, are going to be comparing scores, you have to remember that every brain is very different, right? So we should only compare our results to our own results, right? Like, uh, just like some people are naturally stronger than others. Like there's some people that, you know, day one at the gym are bench pressing 200 pounds, whereas it took me forever to get there. Right. So it's, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it is very good to keep you kind of motivated and to keep you getting better because, you know, mm-hmm. we can always improve our, our, you know, and the whole, the old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it is a very real thing, right? Whether we're talking about the flabby triceps or we're talking about your brain, um, you know, improving your cognitive function should be an obligation. It's not something we, we stress enough. I'm excited to test it out myself. Cause like in general, I mean, I'm not like I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I think my my level of focus is pretty pretty good. Like day to day, whether that's because I you know experiment with different mind altering substances and different nootropics all the time. But like I actually went to like a a clairvoyant, like a mind reader sort of lady a long time ago with my mom when I was like young, and she's the one of the things she noticed about me was like. I can lock onto something and just stay on that. She noticed that when I was sitting in a room, I was like looking at a spot on the floor, just like fixated, completely just like locked in. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like- Dead eye level. Well, so I'm telling you, I, I would not be surprised if your scores week number one are better than mine three years in. And that doesn't matter. We're very, very different, right? It's And- uh, but even you starting out there, you would be able to improve. It's like, it's kind of like that thing where uh, like, 
you and I have six packs, for example, like, you know, uh, you've heard the joke of like, oh, why are you even training? You're done. No, that's not how it works. It's not like you get a six pack and you're done. Like you have to keep training forever. Like when I'm in my seventies and eighties, I spent New Year's with, uh, with a lovely guy in Costa Rica. His name is Mark Hyman. You might know him. Who's a, who's a very big doctor. That's all about preventative health and blood testing and eating the right stuff and fantastic, fantastic guy. And, uh, he was fascinated by how many pull-ups I could do and all this stuff. And I'm like, Mark, you're 63 years old. Like this guy is literally like he has hacked life. But if, if you look at, uh, if you look at that, he's, I said to him, I don't know. I mentioned something like, yeah, if you were 83 and he just looks at me, the tall, tall guy, fit guy. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm going to be exactly like this when I'm 83. And I literally believed him. Right. So it's like, to me, it's, you know, there, there is no end to this struggle. There is no done. Like we, we got the world cup and we're done. Like when it comes to health, that's not how it works. You know, while we're alive, we should be trying to improve. Hmm. So what does like the, um, the future of Mendy look like to you? Like, what would you like to see in the next couple of years in terms of the, the business progressing and getting it into more hands worldwide or more heads worldwide? <laughs> well, this year I'm going to be taught. So now that we're ready and the product in, um, you know, is getting to the point where we are, where we have wanted it. There's been so much research behind the scenes. We've been working very, 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 very hard. And, um, and now the studies and the information and everything, the cohorts are there. Like we can apply things like AI because we've got more than the 20, 25, you know, we've got enough data that we can make these things and we can make the, you know, the correlations and we, um, we are ready to take that next step. I believe that within years we can eradicate conditions. This is the kind of stuff that would get me in trouble. Uh, but that, that is something I completely believe. I also believe that healthcare systems should give this to people and that the average housewife shouldn't be looking to, you know, to pawn her, her necklace so that she can buy a Mendy for her kid that has, you know, that is depressed. Uh, I also believe that there is a world where everybody will have access and every home will have one. And, uh, and when I look at that equation, I'm not thinking about the company's valuation because I really don't, that, that's not really an interest. It's just the fact that me at age 40, I end up accidentally meeting Sammy and that's how I have access to this is a very worrisome thing for me. Like I'm, I get very worried because if that happened in Sweden, where I'm surrounded by some of the smartest people and the most ed well-educated people in the world, what chance does that girl in India have? Like, what chance does that guy in Mexico have? What chance does that person in, like, there's, they don't have, a, they don't stand a fucking chance. So that's why for me, it's about over the next few years, I want to see a world where everybody has it. Um, I've even said some things that have raised some eyebrows about the money that we make in the first world subsidizing Mendy's in the, in the third world. And, uh, but my, my vision is that everybody has access to it, uh, regardless of income level. Mm, that's, that's an amazing, an amazing vision. Um, and when you mentioned you're 40 years old, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this being like, I'm 43. That, that when I, I was 40 when I, when I, yeah, when I used it, I'm 43, I'm almost 44. You're 43 years old. If pe people are going to be listening and watching this, it's going to be like, 
what is your secret to longevity? How, how do you look so amazing for 43? I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, like a lot of people will, um, I guess like your regimes and like your, your approach to health has been quite diverse as far as like implementing, probably being out in the sun quite a lot. Um, you've been very physically active. I know you mentioned fasting as well. The, the, the funny thing is, you know, that I've never used sunblock in my life. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff about me that will raise some eyebrows. Uh, I'm like very much like, but to me, it's about common sense. Some things make sense, right? Like if I, if I hang on something and I lift myself up repeatedly, I'm probably going to be strong enough that everything life throws at me out there. I can handle, right? Because there's nothing harder than me grabbing a tree branch and just doing a bunch of pull-ups, right? Like it, it's, to me, it's just like, everything is just common sense, right? And for me, the missing ingredient for me to bring it together and actually have some sort of success in a life that was like more kind of like going in the right direction was always my inability to control those excesses because I was very disciplined, but at the same time, I just, I wouldn't have the ability to focus, even hold down a job or hold down like, for me, before Mendy, literally sitting in front of the laptop and answering emails would have been like, it's just, I just can't do it. I'm one of those people that just can't do that, right? So when you talk to me about spreadsheet, even today, like I just wouldn't do it. I don't know if I can or not, but I don't want to find out. But mm -hmm. I can at least sit down and focus and do the tasks that I need to do. And I'm never going to be stellar. You know, a Jaguar is never going to become an Eagle. Like I'm never going to, like you are what you are, but you can become the best version of what you are. And that's, that's fucking magical. Like that's, that's just incredible. Uh, and there's this thing that really pisses me off that, that shrinks say, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I, I hear shrinks saying something like, Oh, nobody's special. Like, you know, people are not unique. Everybody's fuck that. I think people are very special. I think everybody is very special. And I think that making yourself the best version of whatever you are, whether it's a goldfish or an orca or a lizard. Um, I was home in Costa Rica until yesterday. I'm in Palo Alto now. And uh, I'm in my hotel room. And um, for me, it's just about how do you tap into the best version of what you are? And that is kind of like the secret to the human condition like that. If everybody had that in mind, uh, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be so much suffering in the world. There'd be a lot more happiness. Mm, absolutely man with when you were like in your let's say early 20s were you was there someone who like really inspired you or you looked up to around that age was there someone that really inspired me um i've had the curse of meeting kind of like my heroes and being very unimpressed and a lot of them are like people that i see and i have access to uh, i'm gonna make a lot of enemies on this one but for me, honestly, like one of the most, like the thing that really did it for me wasn't just worshiping Michael Jordan growing up kind of thing, because that was a very real thing. Uh, and obviously there's still people that you really admire. Like there's people out there doing incredible things. And I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of, you know, various people. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what you do. I'm a huge fan of like, there's a lot of things that I, that I admire and I look up to and I try to learn from and I try to emulate. But for me, what really did it was in the nineties, I had, um, when I was a kid, I'd moved, been moved up in class twice. 
uh, not because I was super smart or super competitive, uh, like super exceptional at anything, but it was more because my mom nagged at the teachers and stuff. There's like some behind the scenes stuff because she wanted me in a certain class. Uh, and, um, but long story short is what that did is it made me be two years younger than the other kids in school. So imagine being a 10 year old when your classmates are 12. Yeah. It sucked. It completely sucked. I couldn't play sports. I was a child and they were men. Like these kids have had shoulders and I was this scrawny little kid and stuff. And I remember when I was 12, I hadn't made the junior varsity basketball team at the school that I was at, which was called ICS. This was 12 or 13. And I remember that I was so broken because all my classmates had made it, but they had a two year advantage on me and they all had 20 pounds, like 20 kilos on me. They probably had 40 pounds on me. And what happened was that I remember listening to a song by Pantera uh, called A New Level. And if you read the lyrics, it's, it's great. If you're not into metal, you don't want to hear that. I've, I've, I've been a metalhead my whole life. And I listen to a lot of reggaeton as well. I'm, I'm very strange like that. But bottom line is I kind of took that song and I turned it into kind of like a prayer. So I would sing it to myself. And now I know that that was a, you know, a, a principle of neuroscience called self-efficacy. And basically every time there was something that was scary or something that I thought that I would not be able to prevail at, I would basically repeat myself these words. And I would repeat, I would sing myself this song, this chant, it became a prayer, you know, a new level of confidence and power. Like if you hear it, it's a super empowering song. And all of a sudden, I just kind of created this delusion in my brain, which became a reality. It wasn't a delusion soon after, where anything that was scary, I would just walk forward. Like I would walk towards it. And people always ask me like, oh, how'd you become so brave? Like, how'd you become? And it was something that I taught myself. And it was something that I didn't teach myself. Pantera taught me, you know, and, you know, the guy that wrote the song, you know, he's had a lot of issues and he's probably a person that's got, you know, the song has nothing to do with him. The song is mine. I just needed kind of like something to follow, something to admire. And uh, in my case, it wasn't a person. It happened to be like just words that I taught myself to believe at a very young age. And it gave me the confidence uh, which is a very real thing. It's not an artificial thing. It's a very real thing. Um, mm. I hope that makes sense, but that's the most yeah. honest answer I can give. Yeah, it's really, really insightful. And I guess even for some of my audience that will be listening into this podcast, if there's maybe a message that you could pass on to young entrepreneurs, um, what would that be? Be very careful what you listen to who you listen to, because the person next to you can ruin you. The people around you can really ruin you. You want to be around people that lift you up and turn an iguana into a fucking dragon. If that's not what the person next to you is doing, well, you and I just had like a quick conversation before and you and I have chatted a couple of times and stuff like, isn't that what you feel when you and I talk? It's 100%. That, that's the only like, the people that I have around me are so badass. Like my friends are so fucking awesome. We were just talking about, I'm in Palo Alto now and I'm going to Dubai on, on Friday. I told you if you wanted to come over, just come and hang for a few days. Honestly, the reason why I'm going is just because these guys are so badass. And you know, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna hang with James and, and I'm gonna hang with 
with Mikey and these guys are, they're silverback gorillas. They're lions. Like they're like top of the food chain killers. And it's not about being an asshole. It's not being about being the most violent guy. It's not about being the biggest or the strongest. And it's not about this, but it's about having people that you admire, whether they be women, they be men. Like I admire their values. I admire their mentality. They feed off of me. I understand that the people around me, they're inspired by the way that I look at things. And I, I take things from everybody. I'm inspired by, you know, by, by so many things. And I, I want to make sure that people understand that they have so much potential and that if they go and they sit in a different room, so I'm at the Nobu hotel. Now I'm in room 411. Maybe what you need to do is get the fuck out of room 411 and go to room 412. And that's the place for you. And a lot of people are in relationships. A lot of women and men are in relationships with somebody that just scripples them. And that person is there sometimes subconsciously, sometimes aggressively, sometimes on purpose. Sometimes they don't know it, but they're clipping their wings and, you know, just get the fuck out, get out because everybody has so much that they can achieve. You know, we're not talking about a billion dollars versus a, 10,000, like it, it, you can't quantify it like that. It's just about becoming the best version of what you are. Um, mm. And I, I just happen to have amazing people around me. And after me fucking up 50 times, the fact that I had such incredible, amazing women and men around me, and a lot of them are women in my case. And some of the most impressive people in my life are women. And they're just badass motherfuckers. Like they're just fucking incredible. Uh, I eventually got my shit together and I'm sitting here at age 43 talking to you, you know, and I'm not dead, you know, despite an overdose and, and a war and a bunch of stupid things that I've done. And, you know, a lot of regret from things that I've done, but I'm happy and I can only control what I do today and tomorrow. So it's, uh, yeah. it's kind of like that thing. Just have that person that it's like, you know what, let's go forward. Let's walk forward. Yeah. Round yourself with the right people know what to listen to. Uh, just listening to a lot of depressive shit will will bring you down. Like there's a lot of things. Like there's, um, I could go on forever, man. I'm, I'm not great at doing podcasts. If you didn't realize, uh, that's uh, there's some de definitely some very powerful messages there, and I think um, those listening in will really resonate highly with a lot of what you said. And I mean, there's there's things you mentioned there about ensuring you're surrounding yourself with people who also elevate you. And, you know, don't bring you down. Like I'm also on that journey myself, trying to deliberately selectively choose, you know, who, who I want to hang around. Are they people that support me and encourage my growth? Um, so some really powerful, powerful messages there. I know we're running short on time, Moha, but I do want to give my audience a chance to, if they want to check out Mendy, where should they go? If they want to purchase the device and if they want to connect with you as well, where can they find you? Yeah, Mendy.io. Um, go check it out and uh, yeah, reach out to me if you want. Mohawk Ben Sophia. You can, I don't know if you can put my, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't know my what. I guess my Instagram. I don't know. LinkedIn, I never check. Email, <laughs> I'm not great at. Uh, yeah, just if, uh, or just check out Mendy and just, uh, my email is moha at Mendy.io. I can't guarantee I'll, I'll go through them. I get a lot of emails, but. Um, uh, but yeah, just, uh, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. We really, really, really believe in what we're doing. We have, um, we believe in absolute transparency, kind of like the values that I am the proudest of that I've eventually landed on and become very black and white about. Those are the values with which I want to run Mendy. Um, and that's, you know, not preying on people, not over promising anything, just having, just being open and transparent and just being able to say, hey, we're going to try to figure out why it is that this helps people. We're going to bring in the best scientists. We're going to tear everything apart and we'll debate with anybody and we'll talk to anybody and we're not going to shit on anybody and we're not going to lie and we're not going to make things up and we're not going to use gimmicks to sell these things because we don't care about selling these things. We care about, you know, people getting better and people like me who I'm a user. So uh mendy.io and uh yeah awesome i'll I'll make sure to leave those linked in the show notes and a link to your um instagram as well moha but uh otherwise man it was an absolute pleasure chatting i'm I'm glad that we finally spoke i'm very happy that we did this brother and i look forward to seeing you in person soon sounds good okay thanks Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.